You're at 6.57 a.m. Radio carrying 24 hours a day. 6.57 a.m. I am live on 6.57 a.m. Radio Caring and, of course, your daily companion. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And regardless of where you're coming in from, remember, remember that you're welcome here. If you're hearing those weird sounds uh, that sound like a Zoom meeting, uh, it's because we're joined by uh, Divine Karen, uh, who is coming in from, you're in Pretoria, right, Divine? Yes, I am. I hope you can hear me clearly. I can hear you perfectly clearly. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Welcome on the show. And uh, this is definitely not the first time you're joining us, but I just want to remind the audience of who you are um, and the wonderful work that you're doing in your own personal life and impacting uh, the the church of God and the people of God. So Divine Karen is a poet, uh, one of her primary passions. Um, She does work that inspires and encourages women, uh, talking about all sorts of stories that uplift what exactly womanhood is and how you shouldn't hate yourself and you shouldn't hate your sisters, but you should love and encourage one another. Um, she's also a an MC, Master of Ceremony, um, and she does very well in facilitating conversations and also being able to host events as well. She does her own hostings on her Instagram, um, on her Instagram uh, channel where we will be sharing with you those details Um, and she also does just a good person to have conversations with as well she's also an author Uh, she's published a book and she does audio albums as well which i believe are still streamable on streaming platforms correct divine that is correct awesome awesome i've got you pegged right (laughs) (laughs) you actually made me sound 10 times richer than i actually am (laughs) i know i'm just working on making people sound great uh because one of one of the things i'm truly i truly believe is the fact that god has given me the gift of exhortation right uh the Mm. gift of being able to um, uplift people and and encourage them to live up to their fullest potential. Um, and I want right. to do that with the grace that God has given me. But anyways, this is not about me. Um, so we're talking about motherhood, right? Because we are stepping into Mother's Day this coming Sunday. Yes. Um, and I want to know, mm-hmm. um, how have you, have you even celebrated Mother's Day in the past? And how have you done it in appreciating your own mother? Who I celebrate Mother's Day every single day, especially now that my mom is officially home mm-hmm. uh, 24-7. So in the past, my mom would actually be in another province. That's where she worked, and I would only see her occasionally when her work allowed. And mm. ever since she moved back in, it's been Mother's Day throughout, I tell you. I appreciate and love this woman, and I don't need a single day to express it. I get to do that for my entire life. Oh, that is simply fantastic, hey? Uh, I'm loving that. And I think it's something that we definitely need to remember about particular days, right? I remember that back... Absolutely. Yeah, like I'm reminded of how back in the Old Testament, God really loved to put up uh, altars. Um, And Mm. and I think Charles can actually share a bit about this. Like God, whenever Mm. God did something great and he didn't want you to forget it, he wanted you to Mm. put a mark, like build an altar or do something that's so big that whenever you walk past that place, you remember what God did for you there. Um, 
but yes. that particular thing was only meant to remind you. It wasn't meant to be a daily thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So I think exactly. that that's exactly what you're reminding us of, that this coming Sunday is not meant to be the only day that you appreciate your mother. What really, really matters is what you do mm. um, the 365 days that follow. Right. Um, Absolutely. And circling mm. back to that day. Um, so anyways, um, I wanted to find out from you, right, being a young black woman um, currently living within South Africa and experiencing mm-hmm. also your own Congolese culture. How do you generally mm. feel? What do you think is women's relationship with motherhood? Do you think there is a bit of uh, uh, being being like aspiring towards it a bit too much? Um, or mm-hmm. do you feel that it's it's something that women need to aspire towards even more? Mm. Oh, that is a very complex question given, and I think that it the answer solely depends on the context within which a young lady uh, finds herself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because personally, um, I think gender roles have been communicated and demonstrated ever since we were kids. So um, I can imagine that, you know, in your younger days when you were playing outside with friends, it would be with boyish type of things. So Mm. cars and and, uh, action figures and all of that. And we we had kitchens, we had baby dolls and we we role played what it would be like to be mothers in the near future. Mm. But growing up, I was I was privileged enough to have parents who didn't just focus on that they focused on grooming an all-rounded woman who wouldn't be just great as a mother when she decides to be one, but who would also be an asset to her society, to her community, and to the world, mm. and especially as a child of God. However, just because I've had that the luxury of having parents who focus on you know, an all-rounded woman not just being a mother mm-hmm. doesn't mean that the rest of the world is like that. I've been exposed to cultures, not just the Congolese culture, but main, many African cultures where motherhood is seen as the destination. And, and if you never reach there as a woman, it's almost as if you were incomplete. You are unable to fulfill your, your destiny on earth. So if that was the case, what do you say about women who are facing fertility issues? And who cannot necessarily uh, give birth physically to their own children, but can adopt if they wish to. You know, I I was recently exposed to a situation where um, because a certain woman belonged to a particular tribe and she couldn't give she couldn't give birth in that marriage, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it became a tribal issue. You know, because you are from this place and you don't and you can't carry children, um, your tribe is cursed or something like that. But for every woman who is under the sound of my voice, I just want to remind us that beyond the physical womb that we carry, there is a destiny that is far greater far greater than just bearing children there are also spiritual children that are involved in that destiny and how to mentor men and women who have actually impacted yes so aside i was just saying that aside from the physical assignment of actually bearing children Mm -hmm. god has given each and every single one of us almost like a spiritual womb that will enable us to raise men and women to raise 
uh, disciples of Jesus to mentor people who would change their world one day at a time. So beyond this, this assignment of physically nurturing a household, there is something greater. And I think that we should not get lost in the, the stereotypes, the societal stereotypes that we are exposed to daily, but we need to actually consult with our maker on what our, on what our mission is here on earth. Oh, yes, exactly. You know, um, you're actually taking me aback. Um, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Charles. Like, remember last month we were having, uh, the entire month we were dealing with issues of identity. Remember that, Charles? Yes, yes, I remember. Yeah, so we were talking about different types of identity and how, what is a good way of actually formulating and shaping your identity. And as you're speaking right now, you're actually making me think of the fact that there are some women who giving birth is has become sort of like a form of identity because of the way they were groomed. Like if you don't give mm. birth and you don't become a mother, then you're you're worthless, um, mm. and there's no meaning in the life that you're going to live. Um, and I love the fact that you're pointing out that it is it is important. The fact that there are women out there who are unable to give birth, right? Um, does that mean they have no sense of identity and no sense of self? worth and value you know what i mean um Mm. and i think you Mm. honestly speaking you're raising some very very interesting interesting questions there um and what 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 would you say um a person who's in a situation where they're being pressured by their family and by their society um how would you say a young young woman and a young girl in that situation should approach that situation Well, my only advice would be to root yourself in who God says you are, and that Mm. can only be found in the Word of God, right? Because that's where we receive our daily affirmations about uh, who we are according to His image. Um, Because the dangers of listening to everybody else is we live in a very noisy world. Um, People are very vocal about what they should think about you, about how they should think you should conduct yourself or what they think your purpose is. And if you're not rooted in the word of God, you will be like um, an empty plastic bag. Mm -hmm. in the wind Mm -hmm. so you will just flow anywhere the wind blows Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that that is very dangerous because not only does that put you in a position of an identity crisis but it also damages uh every little thing that you are able to cultivate with um with anything actually with your work with your relationships so I think that it's very important to remain rooted in the word of God and to have a sensitive ear to his spirit so that um, even when you do get pressured, because pressure will never be absent, it won't yes. just disappear because now you know the word of God. But it depends on how rooted you are. Um, how you respond to pressure will depend on how rooted you are in the word of God. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. So now you're actually bringing me to a very interesting question. And I, I first want to pose this to Charles, uh, just for him to help me think. So obviously, we know that uh, Sarah in the Bible, right, is a woman who had to deal with not having uh, children of her own. And we saw the struggles that she went through. Um, are, are there any other female characters? Um, I know there are, I just can't remember their names, um, who we see in the Bible who struggled with being barren. 
and and not being physical physical mothers like having their own biological children well we see hannah uh the samuel's mother she mm-hmm. was praying she did become pregnant eventually but we see hannah she was praying uh we i'm, I'm reminded of of um what's the lady's name ruth was it ruth that said mm-hmm. i will not have children or naomi uh, the Bible is actually that's the same thing. It's filled with ladies mm. uh, that that could not have, that could not be pregnant. Uh, um, what's the John John the Baptist? His mom. I can't remember. Was it Elizabeth? I think it's mm-hmm. Elizabeth, right? Mm-hmm. His mom. They they were of an olden age and they never felt pregnant. So that's also very interesting for me that at the old age they felt pregnant. Mm, exactly. Uh, is, is that the typical ladies that you are trying to refer to? Yes, 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 definitely them. Um, I'm just bringing attention to the fact that exactly what Divine is talking about right now, um, I call her different names. If anyone is listening and wondering, is he interviewing Divine or Karen? <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same person. Um, if you want to find her on her socials, you can find her under Divine Karen. <laughs> so I usually I usually in, use her names interchangeably, and I know that can be confusing. Uh, but the one of the things that I love about what you're pointing out, Divine, is the fact that um, they, they, it actually takes me back to the word that there are women in the word that we see actually struggle with um, not having children of their own. And I think it's one thing that we mm. shouldn't take for granted. The fact that this mm. is a painful, painful journey. None of mm. these women that Charles has listed right now, you know, went through not being able to give birth, you know, sipping um, um, Coca-Cola and, you know, right. uh, you know, ginger ale and colatonic or anything like it was actually painful. And it was an mm. emotional turmoil that they experienced. Um, and I think mm. it's, it's something that I want you to touch on a bit. Like, how, how, how do you, or rather, let me ask you this way. Do you think that society, and I know this happens in, in, at churches as well, where people are mm. unable to respect the fact that a person who's not giving birth is going, might be going through pain and that you need to approach mm. them with delicacy. Do you think we need to be more careful about how we ask people, even women who are married or unmarried, how we ask them, when are you giving birth? Do we need to be more sensitive? Yeah, I do think so. And I will use the example of my own mother. So um, as you must know from my book, mm-hmm. my mother actually suffered from seven miscarriages before she got to me. Mm. Um, so there was obviously a fertility uh, problem. And whenever people approached her um, back then, you know, th- those people were categorized into two groups. There were those who used the situation to mock her. Mm -hmm. So constantly saying that, why are you going for checkups if you know exactly what the result is going to be? Mm. And then others who who were very sympathetic concerning what she was going through, and would say that no, God would God will definitely um, make a way, and you just have to wait and see. So I think that it's very important for the church to also um, approach women, especially women with who are in in this context 
um, you know, mm-hmm. unable to bear children at the moment with sensitivity, with sympathy, not to say that they should be thrown a pity party, yeah. because that's also another problem when, you know, everybody now puts a label on you. And like the woman with the issue of blood, you don't have a name. All of a sudden, your situation becomes your identity. Mm. No, it's not about... Uh, creating a pity party for them, but actually reminding them of their hope in Jesus and that uh, beyond what they are going through, there is purpose. Mm. They still have purpose Mm. within them. And um, funny enough that, um, you know, the story of Hannah is mentioned. I was meditating on the word of God last month on the book of first Samuel. And I realized something. It's a very painful situation for women who are unable to bear um, children. Uh, Because if you look at Hannah's situation, her husband didn't really know how she felt because he said to her, don't you think that I am more than the sons that you want, you know, more than the children that you are dreaming about. Mm. But he didn't understand that his other wife had evidence of the love he of the love they cherished, but she didn't have any physical evidence of that love that they cherished, which is why it was even more painful to be around uh, Penina. So in general, I just want to conclude by saying that uh, to any woman who might be going through that situation right now, you are not alone. And it didn't start with you. It started a very, very long time ago. But it is not a sign that God has abandoned you. I believe mm. that whatsoever you are waiting on God for, when it finally comes, you will forget about the pain of the past. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That is incredible. I'm really loving this and I'm loving how... Um, this is not a topic that you're speaking about that you haven't experienced yourself, hey? Um, and I think mm-hmm. often, and I don't know if you've, you, I know that it, it exists a lot within your culture because I think also in mine as well. Um, and I'm sure, mm-hmm. Charles, you can attest that you've experienced it as well. Um, like, I don't know if you've noticed the fact that when you're young, uh, whenever adults are having conversations, there seems to be the assumption that you don't know and there's very little you can say about. Uh, right. You understand what I mean? Like, because you're so yeah. young, what do you know about this? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. sometimes adults forget the fact that sometimes young girls actually experience the most, right? Like mm-hmm. they experience mm-hmm. judgment, they experience um, like ill treatment, uh, people labeling them and treating them as outcasts and and, and, and things like that. Um, and as a result, you would have actually experienced so much by the time you're mm. in your mid-20s or approaching your mm. late 20s. You would have experienced so much, right? Uh, because mm-hmm. I can imagine that right now, uh, the fact that we can have this conversation and even making reference to some of people we know around us, um, and I say mm. this, I say this particularly because of this, right? Um, there, there there, might be a, a woman listening now. So as you were speaking to the women who were going through this, there might be a woman mm. thinking to herself that this is an adult situation. This is what we go through. Um, but yeah. I, I, I'm, I also don't want us to take for granted the fact that there are young girls who are uh, being pressured, you know, who are being sold mm. the idea that once you give birth, your entire life will come together. 
you right, know, um, right. and you'll fulfill mm. your purpose, you know. And and uh, mm. I think it's important for us to direct a positive and uplifting message to them. Um, so, Absolutely. yeah, what what would you say um, about that, about young girls um, and who go through the most, right, who also face issues? Mm. I mean, they might not know that they're barren. The situation might not them being barren, but it might be mm. them, you know, going to church and being told, hey, we're ready for you to give birth. Uh, we're very mm. excited. Um, or once they start dating someone, you know, and people start saying, we're excited you're going to give birth soon. Uh, what would mm. you say about adults who might not be aware that young girls go through that? Um, so I would say to any one of them, whether it be an adult or a young girl that is personally going through uh, pressure, that we are not in competition with each other. Um, So a person's choice to be a mother at a particular time doesn't necessarily also have to be your time and your season. I think what I love about um, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, it reminds us that there is a time and a season for everything. In other words, you don't have to you don't have to steal someone's uh, season to make yourself feel like you matter or you are more of a woman. And the second thing I also want to say is that, again, you are not alone and you are mm-hmm. not invisible. I remember there was a particular situation very, very close uh, with a, a person that I know very well where the, the young woman was actually facing um, fibroid issues, right? Mm, so they had mm. located a fibroid uh, within her womb and the very first, her very first reaction was thinking, oh my goodness, what will people say about me when they found, when they find out that I cannot bear any children? But that wasn't even the doctor's announcement. But the fact that, you know, it, it was so linked to fertility. Uh, she immediately disqualified herself from motherhood wow. because of what people would say. And I think it's very dangerous to to take anything in life and put it as a god in your in your life. You know, what, whether it be with fertility, whether it be uh, motherhood or marriage. The moment we treat anything with more. Um, with more awe, with more respect than God and our divine purpose, mm-hmm. you know that you are you are having an idol in your life. And idolatry is not what we typically think it is in our minds where you build a, I don't know, a, a God and then you start bowing down in your house. No, it's mm. with the little things. It's with the big things in our lives. Whatsoever is drawing your attention away from God, mm. that can be considered as an idol. So don't let your desire to be a mother or your your desire to be stable draw you away from what he has also called you to be. Um, which can be beyond the the natural agenda of actually building a physical household again. So um, I would just encourage both sides of the battlefield because we are all going through a certain battle Mm -hmm. to remember that you are not in competition with anyone and to remember that above all other gods, above all other desires, preferences, and, and wishes, um, God must be above everything. 
Mm. Yeah, that that's all that I can say. Ah, we can absolutely agree on that. Uh, Divine, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hey, it's been wonderful. Um, And I hope that this conversation can be a reminder of the fact that uh, just because we're celebrating Mother's Day this coming weekend, we should also remember that Mother's Day should also be just appreciating women for just going through the burden of, uh, 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 you know, carrying the weight of motherhood, even though you Mm -hmm. haven't yet given birth. You still go through a lot just for the fact that you have the potential of giving birth. Uh, we should just appreciate that and celebrate it. Um, even if it's mm. not uh, externally, but in our hearts, it should definitely be a thing. Uh, but anyways, mm. uh, if you want to know more about uh, Divine Karen, if you want to know who she is, know about her book, uh, you can search for her on her social media. Uh, can you quickly give your social media details? So I am quite a consistent person. You will find me everywhere at Divine Karen. That is divine with an I, D-I-V-I-N-E, please. (laughs) (laughs) So you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram with the same handle. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a very great night and a great weekend, okay? Thank you for having me, Given. Likewise.